Just a heads up, today's episode includes discussions about sex. So what is Mr. Leather International, and what do people do there? It's international, Mr. Leather. It's international, Mr. Leather? Okay, gotcha. This is Bennett Nearpill. He's a health reporter for The Post. I used to cover COVID all the time, and lately I've been covering a lot of sex and drugs. And the reason for that is because Fennet has been covering monkeypox. Now known as Mpox, it's a sexually transmitted infection, mostly spreading among men who have sex with men. And that's what brought Fennet to the International Mr. Leather Convention. Hello, testing, testing. Let's see, how do I describe this scene here? I'm seeing people in full leather outfits, um, lots of lots of men. It sounds like, it. oh, there's someone in a green shirt that says, punish me, walking by right now. A lot of guys in leather uh, jackets coming in, walking by someone in a hot pink suit and some great high heel black uh, heels. Side note, there was actually a lot of debate here at The Post about whether International Mr. Leather is a conference or a convention. Because Merriam-Webster uh, defines mm-hmm. a convention as like a gathering of people with a common interest, where like a conference is like two or more people discussing a matter. And I don't know how much discussion is going down at International Mr. Leather. All in all, this is a convention that celebrates kink. There's lots of people shirtless in leather harnesses. You see people wearing uh, full latex or rubber suits. People are really bringing, I was going to say bringing their Sunday best, but I'm not sure if that's the best uh, comparison <laughs> in this context. Their Friday night best. Yes, people are bringing their Friday night best to IML. It gives a lot of people the opportunity to be their authentic selves that they can't be back home. Uh, One of the people I met was Charlie Ulrich. He's 45, he's from a small town, and he was really excited to be at IML. Uh, Just being able to see people, like, feel relaxed in who they are, and the sexual freedom is also another great thing. And I talked to him about being at the conference and having MPOX on his mind. It's a great place to raise awareness around those things, monkeypox or whatever might be going on. So last year, this convention was at the center of an MPOX outbreak. Now in Chicago, cases are on the rise again. So I wanted to go to Chicago to see what was happening on the front lines of the race to stop the next uh, summer MPOX outbreak. It's very well possible that we might not see a big increase in cases, but in order to really prevent the next outbreak, you have to act weeks in advance. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Jordan Marie Smith, a producer on the show, and your guest host. It's Friday, June 16th. Today, the race to stop the next big MPOX outbreak at International Mr. Leather. It's getting pretty crowded here. It's hard to be able to walk through. So why did you want to go to Mr. Leather or IML, Fennett? So I wanted to go to IML because I covered MPOX, uh, formerly known as monkeypox, uh, basically all of 
last year when it was really emerging as our first major public health crisis after COVID. And now we're starting to see signs of MPOX coming back. We knew that MPOX wasn't completely eliminated or completely vanquished, and public health was bracing for a possible return because spring and summer is a time that people are traveling across the world for partying, for big gay events, and it's Pride Month. So one of my go-to sources throughout the MPOX outbreak was Anu Hazra. He's the co-medical director of Howard Brown, which is a health provider serving Chicago's LGBTQ community. Uh, I think there's a lot of eyes on Chicago right now. Uh, We're in the middle of a a, a pretty large-ish cluster of new cases. Anu Hazra encouraged me to come out to IML because he said that it's kind of like the big kickoff for big gay gatherings uh, throughout the summer. I think a lot of folks are looking at how we respond to this cluster and the need for folks to get vaccinated um, and and probably thinking about what to do in the, throughout the month of June as well. You know, I practice largely on the south side of Chicago, and there's still a good proportion of my patients, particularly those living with HIV, that just have not received their Mbox vaccine yet. And so it's trying to do a lot of that backbreaking work that we did back during COVID, trying to make sure we're establishing trust with patients and communities to make sure they feel ready to, to get vaccinated. And Fennett, why is this virus no longer called monkeypox? Most people still call it uh, monkeypox. Public health agencies have renamed it mpox for a variety of reasons. Monkeypox is just misleading because it's not really a virus that comes from uh, monkeys. And also, monkeypox was just like a stigmatizing phrase. When we were reaching a point that MPOX was disproportionately affecting the Black community, the word monkey is deployed as a racial slur. For people who've been called monkey as a racial slur, and then to have to worry about like that association, there's a reason that it's called MPOX now. It's loaded. Exactly. And tell me more about MPOX. Like, how is it spread in the first place? So it's a virus that's typically been known to spread by skin-to-skin contact, and particularly skin-to-skin contact with a person's lesions. Because mpox, uh, not all that dissimilar from chickenpox and smallpox, is a type of virus that's like known for causing lesions throughout the body. And when this uh, latest outbreak first broke out, we didn't really fully understand how it was spreading. But now we know it's essentially an STI because there's a lot of skin-to-skin contact that happens uh, during sex. But it also doesn't, like, spread through casual touch. I just want to be direct because a lot of times people dance around this. But as a gay man myself, part of the reason I want to be very clear about how it's spreading is because it also creates a risk of stigma if you're not being clear about the sexual nature of MPOX transmission because... You did hear anecdotal reports last year of people who didn't want their kids around gay people. And we saw similar dynamics with HIV AIDS, too, where people weren't clear about the modes of transmission. And then they were afraid to be around uh, gay men who were at heightened risk for HIV AIDS. So this Pride season, you can go to bars, you can go to parades, you can dance at parties without being scared of getting MPOX. But if you are going to be having sex with new partners, and if you're a gay uh, man or a bisexual man, it's good to be up to date on your vaccines. So how do you treat MPOX? 
So there's one known medication that can be used to treat uh, MPOX, and that's TPOX. And that's like a pill that can be used to reduce the severity of symptoms. And the goal and the purpose of TPOX is to hasten recovery and to hasten the time for lesions to heal over. So TPOX is still being uh, studied for exactly how effective it is and if it is effective against uh, MPOX. But as of now, it's the best tool that providers have for treating people who have severe cases. And that's for treating it once you have MPOX. But what about preventative medicine or preventative measures? There's the vaccine, right? Yeah, so there's one uh, U.S.-licensed vaccine to specifically for the prevention of MPOX, and that's the Genios vaccine. So last summer, there was a big scramble to get enough uh, supply of that vaccine to protect uh, people who are at risk, and the government estimates that it's around 1.6 million people who are at risk for contracting MPOX and who should be vaccinated. Mm. Uh, but we're at that point now where, like, we do have, as a country, we do have enough supply that's uneven uh, depending on what state you live in or what jurisdiction you live in. But we're not in the same kind of supply crunch we were last summer. So really, the public health strategy on MPOX is all about vaccinating people and to get people protected by getting them up to date on their shots. The CDC estimates that just under a third of people who are at risk are fully vaccinated. And this is important because even though MPOX vaccines aren't perfect, just like COVID shots, just like flu shots, the more immunity you have in a population, the less likely you are to see a big outbreak. Preventing an outbreak is especially important to protect people who have untreated HIV. There haven't been a lot of MPOX deaths in the United States, but most of them have been in people who have untreated HIV. So that's why public health leaders are really focused on vaccination as the best strategy to prevent a repeat of last summer. Okay, Fennett, I want you to take us back to this convention. There was a lot going on. How did all of this outreach play out there? So the convention was at a historic hotel in Chicago, and at the heart of the convention was the leather market. So it spreads three different floors where people are selling all sorts of different things, from harnesses to sex toys to enhancements. And as you're walking around the market, you could not go anywhere without seeing MPOX messaging. I just wanted to note that the very first thing people see when they come in uh, to the second floor, and there's like a big... Um, board that says uh, MPOX isn't gone, get back today with Howard Brown Health. So the first thing that you saw when you walked into the second floor was a big like sandwich board that said MPOX is not gone. And to your left, that's where the Howard Brown booth was, where they had all these like condoms and lube uh, spread out across their table. And that's really what brought people. Yeah, those are our silicone lubes. Um, definitely grab some if you want. Everything is free on the table, so go to town. So tell me about some of the outreach workers that you met. What did they say to you about their plan? They were using IML as an opportunity to prevent the next MPOX outbreak by getting people vigilant about MPOX again and getting people protected by vaccinating them. Uh, my name is Dee, and I work with Howard Brown, part of the Sexual Reproductive Outreach Team. Hi, yes, my name is Yvonne Capafali cartagena I am one of the bilingual outreach health educators, part of the outreach team here at Howard Brown Health. When we talk about, like, monkey box still being around, people are kind of, sometimes I feel like they are, like, a little reminded, like, oh, yeah, monkey box is still a thing, like, 
like it's something that they kind of forget. It's in the back of their head, and we just kind of like pull it to the front of their head, like. Remember, monkeypox was a thing, and it's still around, so. You know, the propagation of monkeypox virus or even just sexually transmitted diseases in, or uh, infections in general, we really, really want to continue to, you know, interface with the community, definitely show them that we are a valuable resource. Um, these are the little dark farm if you want to feel cool in the dark part. So it seems like Mpox would be the last thing a person would want to think about when at a convention that's all about leather and socializing and basically just having fun. I'm curious, how did people react to these messages? What were people's thoughts when they were approached by these outreach workers? So when I was sitting at the booth and people were coming by and the outreach workers were asking if they got, if they were up to date on their MPOC shots, it was really surprising. It was really stark because almost everyone said they were. So then one of the workers uh, who was at the booth, his name was Hunter Parlow, uh, decided to just go walking around the hotel. Yes, sir. I'm with Howard Brown. We're right on the side doing monkeypox vaccine. Did you already do yours? Yes, we're from Broward County, Florida, and they did an excellent job. job. It's like passing out cards and asking people who might not want to stop by a uh, health booth if they were up to date. I did last year. How many did you get? One or two? I got two. You're good. You're good. Thanks for doing that. And it seems like almost everyone that he spoke with were vaccinated with the second or at least one dose. Every single person. Wow. So even though a lot of uh, IML attendees were vaccinated for MPOX, not everyone knew that MPOX was starting to rise again and that it was rising in Chicago in particular. Um, so what do you know about monkeypox? I don't know a whole much about it. Um, it's more the the fear that goes around it. I talked to some people about their concerns about MPOX returning, including Daniel Williams, who's an OnlyFans a performer based in D.C. I don't know. I've just been trying not to think about it that much. I hate to admit. but It's just, a very human thing, though. I have to start taking this more seriously myself. It was uh, surprising to some people that cases were on the rise. I thought it had died out. And I actually overheard of, uh, some conversations among attendees where they were fretting about the return of MPOX. So, Fennett, what about people who weren't vaccinated or only had one shot out of the two full-shot series? How did they respond? So outreach for them was telling them that there was a vaccine clinic outside the hotel and they could get their shots today. I'm sitting outside the hotel now in front of the mobile van where they're giving people shots. I see two people in line uh, filling out their forms to get shots. There's like a medium-sized van outside. It's blasting pop music. So things have picked up with them getting shots. No worries. So for this one, I'll just need your name, date of birth, and then if you can please fill this out. And what did the people who were just getting vaccinated right at that moment say to you? So 
this wasn't like a coronavirus uh, vaccination where there was a lot of like skepticism of the vaccines or like worry about uh, the vaccines. Almost everyone I talked to like actually wanted to get vaccinated and even wanted to get vaccinated last year, but they just ran into issues getting vaccinated because in the early days of the vaccination campaign, there was a lot of long lines and then there was uneven access throughout the U.S. So if you're from a small town or a rural area, getting vaccines was much harder to come by. No, well, this is great because the last time I tried doing it, it was like a two-hour wait. When it was my turn, they ran out. So the fact that you guys are doing this now is, like, splendid. I'd rather give up a few minutes at the market to deal with my health and, you know, perfect, protect myself and everyone else around me. One of the people I met who let me uh, join as he was getting vaccinated was David Cantwell. He's 47. Uh, what makes you decide to get like vaccinated now as opposed to like last year when there were- The lines. Uh, by the time it was my turn, they ran out. So this was a common story I would hear consistently that people did want to get vaccinated at first, but as cases started to disappear, it just turned into like, all right, well, what's the point now? Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. He let me uh, join him in the van as he was getting vaccinated by one of the Howard Brown workers, Mia Venegas. What's really important to know is that after your first one, you got to schedule your second one in 28 days. Two weeks after that, you're considered protected. Okay. Any questions? Any allergies at all? Not that I'm aware of. All right. Cool. Well, let's get going. So the way that they administer the Genios vaccine it's not quite like how you normally get vaccinated, so. What I'll have you do is bring your arm out like this. Perfect. I'm gonna actually come down here just to get a nice angle. They put it in the forearm and form a, a small like bubble in your skin. I'll put a bandaid over. Just don't touch or rub the area. Okay. You're all set. Thank you. You're welcome. Splendid. After the break, Fennec connects with a group of people who may be the most at risk for MPOX. We'll be right back. So Fennec, we spoke last fall about one of the communities that seems to be most at risk when it comes to MPOX, Black men who have sex with other men. Did you get the chance to talk to any Black gay men about MPOX at Mr. Leather? And are they still kind of facing the same issues that they were last fall? Yeah, so actually um, the group Onyx, which is a leather club for men of color, let me uh, join them as they had a discussion about MPOX and other public health issues on Saturday morning. And we wanted to make sure that we have a space where we can be celebrated, where we can support one another, and we can um, educate one another. Where Gene Poole, the leader of Onyx, was hosting something of a small group a discussion about MPOX. He was also there with uh, Keith Green, who's the leader of the Chicago gay, uh, Black Gay Men's Caucus. And then there were also other members and aspiring members of Onyx, including Ajmal Millar and Darius McNutt, who's a friend of Gene's. Here's Gene. 
especially having this weekend that we currently have now, is like, how do people navigate this without that being a concern? It was easy to get a COVID shot. Uh, some of the things I heard uh, from these men were how it was harder to get uh, MPOX vaccines if you're in majority black neighborhoods. It's not like the COVID vaccines where you can just go to any Walgreens or CVS and get a shot. We did a, a bar night at Club Escape on the south side. One of them mentioned how there was a vaccine event at a club in the south side. And then suddenly they see a lot of white men from the north side in line. And it was like one of the few times that you saw white men at these uh, south side clubs. And it was because the lines were long at the north side clubs. Wow. And when I was also hanging out with Onyx, they were also talking about issues with the stigma and the fears of contracting something like MPOX and the stigma that comes with that and how sometimes people just uh, want to put it out of mind and not really uh, focus on it. So even if you did contract it, who are you going to tell? Which friend are you going to tell? Right? Even if you want to go get vaccinated, who are you going to take with you? Because then they ain't going to know. And there was something of like a debate uh, within the men in that group, too, about whether like talking about issues like that is tantamount to blaming the community and absolving the institutions who are responsible for addressing these uh, racial disparities. You know, one day I'm going to be Mr. IML. So even though I'm Trinidadian and we have carnival. So Ajmal Millar was one of the local Chicago men who I met who was going to International Mr. Leather. He really saw it as an opportunity to just be true to himself and embrace the leather community. MPOX really weighed on his mind last year because as MPOX started to spread, it started to disproportionately affect uh, black men, and he saw the toll of that up close. Yeah, it was it was almost as if like something from a horror movie was pucks and marks all over people's faces and lips and and body parts. And I honestly tuned out, tuned it out, out of fear. Can you explain more what that means? I knew that it was something that I could be susceptible to, being that I have sex with men, and just being aware of how things usually spread when you have poverty and these other forms of oppression you know, and in the area that I live in, South Shore, it's very prevalent. And so knowing that, I knew that somewhere it wasn't too too far behind that it would start showing up in our, you know, in my immediate circle. And it did. He saw friends who were disappearing for weeks on end without explanation. He heard stories of people developing lesions on their face, um, who were developing lesions in their private areas and having really painful times going to the bathroom. He heard about people who were put out of work uh, for weeks because they had to quarantine. So when they revealed themselves, that's when I said, okay, this is, this is too much. I got to go and get the vaccine, which I did. And I only got the first one. What was that? Um, honestly, just I guess just the stigma around um, black bodies and just injections. 
it's common for us to hear when covering health issues in the African-American community, the historic uh, distrust uh, towards the medical establishment be- for valid reasons because of how the medical establishment has treated uh, black people. So Ajmal Malar had some hesitancy about getting his first shot. But after he heard about the toll of the outbreak and how bad it was affecting people, he did decide to get his first shot. He didn't get a second shot, but after he heard about MPOC starting to come back, he decided it was time to get a second shot. And he even posted on Facebook to warn his friends that MPOX was coming back and it was a good time to be vigilant again and to get vaccinated. And um, so to see that it's being spoken about and everything and to hear that it's being spoken about, rather, um, it, mis- it makes me happy. Something we've been wondering about is, like, are we at this point that people are just kind of, like, sick of viruses, like, COVID two summers and MPOX mm-hmm. two summers? And, like, do you mm-hmm. worry if people are just kind of tuning it out and not realizing that it's coming back? I think people are, um, maybe they're a little fatigued from from all of the latest, you know, what's the next um pandemic you know we're almost like come on almost like waiting for something else to happen so i think we have to bring back um joy and i know that's and it it gets kind of murky and cloudy when you're constantly bombarded with things but it's in that you know we've never been a human in humanity space without some kind of dis-ease right so or some kind of natural disaster these things that we can't control, right? And so I think ultimately we have to find ways that we find our, our control of our own life and dwell in that. And so that way we don't get um, jaded or bogged down to the point where we're neglecting our health and, and, and making better choices for ourselves just because we're having that kind of fatigue. So, Fennett, through all the leather, through all the harnesses and the straps, how did outreach workers and those on the front lines of Mr. Leather think their efforts went? So some of the Howard Brown health workers I talked to, like Javier Chapa and Ivan Kapafali Cartagena, they ended the day feeling really uh, relieved and optimistic. I was just very happy to, like, hear how many people are already vaccinated. You know, as seen with the recent uptick, us being able to provide this service to prevent, you know, a more uh, pronounced spread of the virus, uh, you know, really, really sat well with a lot of the individuals, not only from the Chicagoland area, but, you know, from um, other nations and other, other states at large. The only thing that I guess would be surprising was the interest in like a third vaccine already. So there is definitely already a demand for like a booster shot. Um, So I had a lot of conversations with community members about what that might look like, which is always a great sign when uh, community members want to continue to protect each other. We really, really just hope to see that everyone continues to just play safe. And I'm excited to see how uh, we reach out to more of the community in the following days. 
what they saw was a community that really took a health crisis seriously and took steps to protect themselves and others. And it offered hope that this summer we wouldn't see another major MPOX wave because of everything that the community and the broader public health world did uh, last year to tamp down the MPOX outbreak. So with that, live love leather. Exactly. Live love leather. I love that. Thank you, Bennett. Thank you for having me again. Bennett Nearpill is a health reporter for The Post. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Alana Gordon. It was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Maggie Penman. Our team includes Maggie Penman, Rena Flores, Ted Muldoon, Martine Powers, Alahe Azadi, Monica Campbell, Eliza Dennis, Alana Gordon, Ariel Plotnik, Arjun Singh, Renny Swarnovsky, Savvy Robinson, Emma Talkoff, Sean Carter, and Renita Jablonski. Our intern is Tanya Chavla. I'm Jordan Reese Smith. We'll be back Monday with more stories from The Washington Post.